Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. A lot of what you should look for when you're choosing investment platform will actually just come down to personal preference and how confident you are with investing. Because of the way investing is, there are kind of costs for them involved. And these costs that you pay them can actually add up, particularly if you're investing like a very big amount, say for your retirement. In recent years, when savings rates were historically low, investing seemed the much more attractive option. But now rates have risen, what does this mean for investments? And on the flip side, with inflation still soaring, could investing be the way to beat it? Well, in today's show, we'll be discussing if now is the right time to invest and the best investment platforms to use. We'll be packing in so much advice, including for any complete beginners just considering tipping their toes into investing. And to bring us up to speed on it all, I'm joined by our regular investing expert and the deputy editor of Which Money, Sam Richardson. And it's the first podcast appearance for researcher and writer Megan Thomas. Hello and welcome to the show both. Hi, Lucia. Hi. Well, can we start then by just making it clear what kind of investing we're talking about today? Now, later in the show, we'll be revealing the best so-called investment platform. So for anyone who is completely new to this territory, what exactly do we mean by an investment platform? Yeah, so an investment platform used to be known as a fund supermarket, and maybe that's more useful label because it's a single place where you can invest in all sorts of assets, company stocks, funds, bonds, all of these things just in one online portal or app. It also means that you can get a stocks and shares ISA with these investment platforms, which shields you from tax and any profits or dividends. It can make a huge difference. Uh, so investment platforms, what they actually look like, I've got to myself, is it almost look like online banking when you're on them. Obviously, you're doing things a little bit differently. You've got to do a little bit more of the thinking yourself in some cases, but they're pretty simple to use. Perhaps a key difference, and actually the reason that we do so much research in them at which is with investment platforms, you usually pay them a small fee. Yes, they're holding your money, but because of the way investing is, there are kind of costs for them involved. And these costs that you pay them can actually add up, particularly if you're investing like a very big amount, say for your retirement. And can we put these investment platforms or fund supermarkets into context with savings accounts then? So last week on the podcast, we talked about the recent base rate rise to 5% from 4.5% and how banks have come under criticism for not raising savings rates enough. But despite this, there are savings accounts out there with rates around 6%, the highest we've seen in a long time. So what does this mean for investing? What might rising interest rates mean for your investments? So rising interest rates are going to affect nearly all investment in very different ways. For example, businesses will pay more to borrow and this may reduce their profits and thus share price. But some businesses will be doing very well thanks to high rates, in particular banks. I'm sure we've all noticed the difference between our mortgage rates rapidly going up and our savings rates lagging. Well, the rest they're profiting on. So It's very different and it's quite difficult to sum it up very quickly. What I would remind like people who are currently invested is that the UK economy is very different to other economies. There's a strong argument we're actually doing worse than a lot of other economies such as the US. This is a reminder to all of us, like why your investment portfolio, the mix of, say, shares and funds you hold 
should be spread across several countries or regions. So if one of them is really struggling, like the UK, and has got you know monetary policy, which is raising the base rate constantly, this means that perhaps your investments in another area are actually doing better. So they'll hopefully balance each other out and you won't lose too much money. So if you're in the fortunate position where you have money you can put away, even if you get the top rate on the market, say around 6%, that's not going to be inflation, is it? And just to give the latest figure for comparison, the latest Consumer Prices Index inflation figure published in June was 8.7%, and that's in the 12 months to May 2023. And that's the same as the one from April 2023. So if you want to be inflation, could investing be the answer? Uh, the answer is maybe, uh, and that's a big maybe. So in some cases, uh, investing will get you a higher return. If you had a fund tracking the US S&P 500, so that's the 500 biggest companies in America, and the fund would basically buy a small stake in all of them or a kind of representative sample, you would have seen your fund go up by about 14% over the past 12 months. So that's more than beating inflation. That's really quite a good return. But it's very variable. The UK equivalent, the FTSE 100, so that's the 100 biggest companies here, that's gone up by less than 1%. You could beat that with a really poor savings count. What I would say with deciding to invest now, investing is a long-term decision. You should only be investing money you don't need for at least five years. It should really suit your lifestyle as in, you know, I'm saving up for this. Perhaps you want to buy property in around five years. That's what it's for. It's not really designed as a short term play to beat inflation. Yes, you can get your money out fairly quickly, but it could be that the market takes a dip. Suddenly you need your money to say pay your bills and you take a big loss. Thanks, Sam. And we'll be going much deeper into the different types of funds available later in the show. But first, can we dive now into investment platforms, starting with, generally speaking, what should our listeners be considering when choosing one? Megan, when you were investigating this, what were you looking for? So a lot of what you should look for when you're choosing investment platform will actually just come down to personal preference and how confident you are with investing. So if there's a platform, you know, it's pretty simple and maybe there's only a few investments to choose from, it might be perfect for a beginner. But if you're a more experienced investor, it's kind of going to just wind you up and you're not going to be that invested in it. Whereas if there's a platform that gives you, you know, really granular data about specific stocks, specific funds, it's going to be baffling to a beginner, but it's going to be really useful to someone who knows what they're doing. So in our reviews, we get our information about the platforms entirely from how the customers feel about their service. So we surveyed 6,073 investors and asked them to rate the platforms they use across seven categories. So that includes value for money, customer service, things like mobile and online tools. But as well as all that, there are some things that aren't actually just a matter of opinion, like cost. So we analysed the charges of all the 21 platforms that ended up in our survey to find out who were the cheapest and who were the most expensive. So drum roll, please. With all this in mind, can you talk us through the all important results? Which ones came out top? Yeah, so we had four which recommended providers this year. The first one, Vanguard, that's a platform. It only offers its own funds to investors, and it's actually one of the cheapest platforms for any amount of money you have invested. The next, we have AJ Bell, who was rated highly by its users for its customer service and things like the tools are on its website. So that's good if you want 
all those details about your investments. Then we had a new entry to which recommended provider status, free trade, which is a tiered subscription service that allows you to buy and sell shares for free. And it has a mobile app that its customers really loved. And then finally, we've got Invest Engine, which is exclusively for investing in exchange traded funds, which are a type of fund that can be bought and sold on the stock market. And this platform is actually the only one in our analysis that didn't charge any service fees. Really interesting. We've got ones that aren't actually charging any fees at all. Well, Sam, then what is it about these platforms that sets them apart from the ones that didn't perhaps perform as well? So customer service and cost are crucial, but perhaps cost is the reason that a couple of platforms that were really popular didn't get which recommended provider status. So Moneybox, Plum and The Big Exchange all got great customer scores, which would have been good enough, but they were all too expensive in some scenarios. So Moneybox and Plum, they're both app-based platforms. They're very easy to use, very targeted at beginners, and they may be really suitable for a lot of people, but we found they really can get quite expensive, um, particularly at the higher end. And then the big exchange very narrowly missed out, I have to say. It was too expensive in the £1 million plus category, which, of course, is not a situation many of our listeners will be in. And they're very lucky if they are. So I would say to people with the big exchange, look into what it is. It's essentially a platform about ethical investing and impact investing. So that's when you invest to achieve a specific goal. So it could be you know, more sustainability. You could be investing in a company that builds wind farms, for instance. They're very much geared to that sort of investor, but fairly reasonably priced for other scenarios, though you can go cheaper in the case of InvestEngine, Free Trade and Vanguard in particular. Well, we'll be talking more about the cost, ethical investing and how to choose which funds to invest in after a quick break. Hi there, it's producer Rob here. Now, maybe you're a new listener. Maybe you've been listening for ages. Well, either way, if you're finding this podcast useful, then you might also like to subscribe to Which Money. You'll get our monthly magazine packed with tips on how to make the most of your cash, from growing your savings and investments to avoiding rip-offs and scams. You'll also be able to call our experts on the Witch Money Helpline as often as you like to get answers to your money queries. Just visit witch.co.uk forward slash join money. That's witch.co.uk forward slash join money and sign up today. It's interesting that two of the platforms on our list are free to use. Megan, how are they able to operate for free? They must be making money some other way. Yeah, so Invest Engine and Free Trade obviously did really well with their customers, um, who I'm sure are impressed by the fact that they're able to get a lot for free. But while their basic offer is free, they do charge for add ons. So Free Trade has a tiered subscription system. So the first tier is free. But if you want something that might come as standard on another platform, so for example, a stocks and shares ISA, you'll actually have to upgrade to a paid tier. So in the case of the stocks and shares ISA, that's on the next tier up, the basic tier, which is going to set you back £60 a year. So that's obviously not free. <laughs> With Invest Engine, at the minute, their only charges are for their managed portfolios, where they pick your investments for you based on how you answer a questionnaire. 
but they're quite new. So if down the line they introduce new features, so like at the minute they don't have a SIP or a self-invested personal pension, but if they do introduce that, that's the kind of thing that's going to come with a charge because being free, they obviously want to draw the new customers in. But once you're in, they're kind of going to want to introduce charges and start making some money. So free trade have actually put up their charges twice in the last year. So it is something to be mindful of when you sign up to one of these free platforms. So with more free platforms out there, some of which have even earned our gold standard, which recommended status, it does seem like investing is becoming more beginner friendly. The next step then is choosing where to actually put your money, which funds you think will give you the biggest returns of investment, and which ones align with your values if you want to go down the ethical or sustainable route. Sam, what advice would you give to people to help them choose? So start by thinking about what matters to you. Are you interested in sustainability in terms of, you know, do you want to avoid putting money into fossil fuels? Do you want to be the person investing in the companies developing solutions for the future or building, say, wind farms and solar panels right now? Once you know yourself what you're into, then you can start to do research. So when doing that research, at the moment, you're going to have to do a lot of it yourself. So it's about looking at with an investment fund, for instance, what is its strategy? Do they exclude some investments or do they aim for a particular real world impact? You should expect to find this information on the fund manager's website. If they're not disclosing that sort of information, like ask yourself, how serious are they about sustainability? And, you know, if they're not giving you kind of real kind of rules on what they will and won't invest in, and that's important to you, then I'd go looking for another fund. Later this year, we should see the introduction of labels for sustainable funds, which will be regulated, which should make picking a lot easier. The Financial Conduct Authority wants to introduce these labels. There'll be some version of kind of three different labels, different sort of real world impacts, and we'll definitely report on those when they come along. For now, an independent financial advisor can be very useful if you've got a lot to invest. They can be quite expensive, but they'll be able to kind of identify sustainable funds for you and other ethical funds. Uh, Some investment platforms can also help. So I mentioned earlier the big exchange. It's got its own system of labels for funds based on the kind of amount of impact those funds have in the real world. Well, Interactive Investor, which is another investment platform, has its list called the ACE40 list. This is a list of funds that avoids considers or embraces different kind of ethical standpoints. So avoids, for instance, could be we won't invest in fossil fuels. Considers referring to, okay, you might invest in a company that deals with fossil fuels, but is really making an effort to improve their sustainability and and you can invest in that change. And then embraces refers to embracing companies that are really driving positive change right now, trying to have a real world impact. And then once you've put your money into an investment platform, or perhaps some of our listeners already have one, what if you then want to take your money out or move to another one? How easy would that be? So it should be relatively easy. Once you've decided which platform you want to switch to, you'd contact the new provider and complete its transfer form. Most will offer the option to download the form online, but you probably will have to post it, which is a bit of a pain. And then in theory, it should only take 30 working days to complete a stocks and shares ISA transfer. But the reality is that it can take a lot longer. So we've heard examples of it taking more than 10 weeks. But thankfully, there has been a big industry-wide push to reduce the time it takes to switch platforms. 
So there's an initiative called STAR that hands out awards for the platforms that have the best transfer times. And of the platforms we reviewed, Vanguard, Hargreaves Lansdowne and Aviva have all picked up some awards so far. So that's a really positive development. And then another improvement is a notable reduction in the number of platforms that charge exit fees to people who are switching out. So, you know, that might be £10 per fund you're invested in or something like that if you decide you want to go elsewhere. So only two of the platforms we reviewed, Charles Stanley Direct and HSBC Invest Direct, still charge those fees. So it's good to see it's becoming a thing of the past because you don't want to be penalised, basically, for trying to get more fee money because you can't really make big savings by switching. So we found that if you have £5,000 in investments, you could save £104 a year by switching from the most expensive to the cheapest provider. And that saving obviously only increases the more you have invested. So you really should be free to put your money wherever it is you're going to get the best value. Absolutely. It seems completely worth looking into switching if you do already have your money somewhere. And and finally then, can we finish with some advice for anyone who might be looking to get into investing? Some key takeaways on the best way to start. So I'd start by asking, can you afford it? So do you have other debts such as credit card debts, personal loan debts, With mortgage rates so high at the moment, it might also be worth paying those off if you have a mortgage. Even if you're in the middle of a fixed rate, some small amount of repayments now can really reduce the pain when that fixed rate runs out and you may have to go on to a much higher rate. But say that is all fine and you've dealt with all of that, then consider how much risk are you willing to take on? So by risk, I mean the risk of losing some or all of your money. A do-it-for-me or robo-advisor platform can help. These are platforms that ask you to do an online questionnaire about your attitudes to risk. They'll ask questions like, how would you feel if you lost 20% of your investment in a day? And then they recommend you a portfolio of investments based on that. So you don't actually have to take their recommendation, invest with that platform. You can just kind of use what you found out about yourself to go to a DIY platform, which is the ones that we've been talking about earlier, and pick your own funds and shares off that if you want. I would say that funds are the easiest way to start along with investment trusts. Both of them essentially have hundreds, sometimes thousands of different shares within them. The benefit is that the fund or trust manager is doing all the work for you. They're the ones looking at all these really dull profit announcements and having that really kind of insider knowledge. So it will save you kind of hours of work. In exchange, you're paying them a small fee. It is worth looking at that fee as it's worth looking at the fee of the investment platform because these things do add up. Some platforms offer multi-asset funds. These are essentially funds made out of different funds, and they're often tailored to a particular risk profile. So it could be that you can essentially start off with just one of these multi-asset funds, to get you investing. And as you build knowledge or confidence, you can look at investing in other things. A huge thank you to Megan and Sam for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. 
This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Eric Breer, with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkin. Thank you.